Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. My name is Chandra and I am your host and I would like to just say welcome. Hello, hope you're having a great day wherever you are listening to this episode. Now, this episode is one that I'm pretty passionate about and it's probably going to be something that hopefully is going to give you some different ideas of the way that you can start to think about money, especially in the context of working for yourself, starting your own business. And the reason why I'm doing this episode today is because I've had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of conversations about money recently with a range of different people and clients. And so today I want to talk with you about a couple of things and a particular tool that you can use to significantly and rapidly start to improve your relationship and results with money so that you can get started with starting and growing your business sooner. Now, one example of conversations I've been having recently is with uh, a couple of my private clients that are fabulous women who are going from uh, a history of working as an employee, having a good, solid, reliable income for many, many years, being really good at their job, but that are now transitioning into starting and growing their own business. And what naturally comes up when people start to go down that path is thoughts about the money side of things, the money situation that they're in now, the money that they need to earn to maintain their lifestyle, etc., etc., And questions can really kick in pretty early and concerns about whether or not they're going to be able to make enough money. And so having those kinds of conversations are natural and normal and they're just a reminder of the fact that money is a really important part of life and work and it's something that needs and deserves some time and attention. So a couple of those private client conversations were happening and then In my uh, group program, my small group coaching program, there's been a lot of conversations and questions that we've been tackling in the group this week that have been around pricing and how they approach their pricing to make sure that they're earning what they're worth and also the way that they price themselves to position themselves in the market and all of the things that come with that. Things like considering how you can avoid getting caught in the trap of charging by the hour, which can be very tempting and is very common for people to go into. That is, that's fraught with danger. That's probably a topic for a whole other episode. Um, but looking at packages and programs and how you can bundle things together so that you are going to the market with something that is going to not only help solve the problems that your clients have, It's also going to differentiate what you offer compared to competitors and it's also hopefully going to be able to give you um, some some reliable income coming in in your business as quickly as possible. One of the other things that has come up through some of those client conversations is around a common theme of over-delivering 
in terms of what you're providing in your business and your service for what you're being paid for. And so I really want to dive into what's going on with that and how can you avoid falling into that trap. Because money is a thing. It's not just, you know, a tangible thing. It's an issue in everyday life, in work and in your personal life. It's very rare and maybe difficult to go through a single day without thinking about or talking about or using money in some way. And it's even more important that you give it time and attention if you are going to work for yourself and start your own business. And unfortunately, it's not a one-time thing that you can just get it done and move on. So it's not like choosing your business name, which, you know, you do that hopefully once and then you run with that for quite a while. With your money situation, it's an ongoing thing for you to be exploring and developing how you think about and act around money or with your money. So if you are thinking of starting a business, then I strongly recommend that before you start or before you get too far down the road, that you really put some effort into getting the money side of things sorted because it's something that we're not often taught about and that I find is really interesting and it plays out differently in different cultures and different families and things like that but we all grow up no matter what our background is we all do grow up with money stories around us and some of those money stories and money experiences serve you well and some of them really don't it's things like hearing when you were growing up that uh, if you saw money on the ground and you picked it up often parents would say oh don't touch that it's dirty and so what can happen is you create an association in your mind that having money is yucky or bad in some way or some people grow up with messages that people that have got a lot of money are snobby or selfish and as a kid all of those overt and uh, unconscious messages go in you're just like a little sponge and those beliefs those stories then just play out throughout your adult life until you get to a point where you do a bit of a review and maybe explore what your money stories are and as an adult consider which ones are actually working for you and which ones are not working for you. And the fact that you're listening to this podcast is one of those things where you can start to think differently and maybe a little bit more objectively about some of those money stories that you grew up with and figure out if they're working for you or not. So the first thing I really want to share with you is the concept that you have a relationship with money. Just like you have a relationship with a person or a relationship to a another thing, you have a relationship to money. It's how you think, feel, act around that thing or that person. And so you and money, you are in a relationship and this is a relationship that stays with you your whole life. (laughs) And so that's why it is a really important relationship to work on. So the second thing I really want to share with you is, is that working on your money relationship, which I think is one of the most influential relationships of your whole life because it's with you your whole life, whereas other people might be with you for 
sections of your life. Your relationship with money is yours. It's with you the whole time. So it's really important to work on. But it involves two parts. First part is looking at the practical side. Things like how do you earn money? What do you do in order to earn the money? And how much do you earn? And then when you earn money, what do you do with it around spending, investing, saving, all of those kinds of things? That's the practical side of your relationship with money. But then there's a whole other side, which I think is even more impactful, which is the emotional side. And that's looking beyond those practical actions and steps and surface level stuff and looking to see what some of those underlying stories and beliefs are and how they are playing out still so that you can decide if it's time for you to upgrade them so that you can start to create and earn more money and keep more money with less drama and effort. So I really want to share these ideas with you and a couple of other insights and tips around money so that you can really just get going with starting and growing your business sooner without having handbrakes kick in that are coming from the money side of things. The third thing I want to share with you today is uh, about the existence of something which is called money zones. Now, I came across this concept many years ago, about five years ago, I think, when I got accredited as an international money breakthrough coach. And as part of that training, they introduced this concept of money zones. And what money zones are is that they are parts of your life that influence how you think, feel, and act around and with money. Because have you ever noticed how some people that you come across or you hear about in life, they just seem to always have money and it doesn't really matter what seems to be going on for other people or externally. They just always seem to have money. They feel very comfortable with money. Money's around them. Whereas other people always seem to have some sort of money drama going on. I know there's definitely people in my life that I know that really have locked in this habit of having and creating money drama and negativity around money. And look, I'm not saying that there aren't factors that are potentially outside of your control that might influence what's going on with you and money. But what I am saying is that some people seem to be able to manage those inevitable challenges that come up and to just really get on top of their money stuff. And other people just seem to not, even when they come into money, it doesn't seem to hang around very long. So I don't know if you know people like either of those types of people, but I certainly do. And in saying that, I also want to caveat that just because you make or earn a certain amount of money doesn't mean that money stuff goes away. I think that there is always another layer. And that's where when you hear about, you know, even the wealthiest of people still experiencing some money stuff. It's just different kinds of money issues and sometimes it's an issue about if they start to earn over a certain amount, that isn't safe anymore and so then they subconsciously do things to get rid of that money and I know lots and lots of stories and there's lots of famous people that have earned a besquillion so much money but then it's all gone and it seems phenomenal and mind-boggling to uh, us normal people that how someone could have that much money and lose it all but that's an example of money stories 
uh, playing out that you sometimes unconsciously are not aware of. So these money zones are these different parts of your life that influence how you think, feel and act around money. And there are five of them and we all have them. It's just that different people respond and relate to the money zones maybe slightly differently depending on their upbringing and the money stories that they've created and been exposed to. So it's really important that you become aware of what these five money zones are and which ones are working for you and which ones are potentially not working for you. Today, the one money zone that I really want to talk about with you is boundaries. So your boundaries is one of your money zones. And oh my God, this is one that comes up so, so often for women in business. I hear about it constantly. I have to keep checking in on my own boundaries. It's just really common. So your boundaries money zone shows up in things like how much you charge and what you give in exchange for what you receive. So when that money zone of boundaries is not really working for you, it shows up in things like you undercharging, not charging as much as you could or should charge. And then over delivering the service or the product in exchange for what you're receiving financially. An example of this is uh, actually a perfect example that's happened just this week. A client that I'm working with, um, let's uh, call her uh, Narelle, because when I'm coaching my private clients, I don't share their uh, names and details without uh, their permission. Um, so let's call her Narelle, not her real name. Now she has a consulting style business and she's currently pivoting and growing that side of the business and she's expanding the type of work that she's doing in that space and she's slightly shifting the types of clients that she works with which is great and that happens as we get into business we kind of refine in who we really want to work with who we think we can serve the best and we were having a conversation and she was sharing with me that she had done a piece of work with a client and then the core of that work was really done but then she was just doing a few little bits and pieces beyond what was agreed that was just to check in and make sure that things were still running okay and it, it was a uh, connects with an online sort of service and so she was able to log in and just sort of see what was happening with things and at first she she admitted that she was doing it because she was just a bit curious to see how this particular thing was going and any changes or things that that she would notice but then she just sort of got excited and she started doing a little weekly update for the client when she would do this back-end checking and then it just became this regular weekly thing and now it's become a bit expected that she will just keep doing it but she's not getting paid for it it's not part of the original program and it's not something that she's being paid for ongoing so this is a classic case of the money zone of boundaries kicking in and giving you the opportunity to define those boundaries a little bit more. Now, some people would say that this actually is not the client's fault, the client that she's working with, but actually Narelle, that's what we called her, I think, uh, has to take responsibility for it too. Because sometimes people, even though it can seem totally obvious to you, but sometimes people genuinely don't realise that they are 
taking the piss or asking for something more than is what's fair or what's appropriate for what you've agreed to do for them. And so you as the business owner really need to communicate more effectively so they know what's included and what's not and then they can make decisions about what they do from there. But this is where the money zone of boundaries can kick up because it's a clue that there's something going on for you in this area of boundaries that's holding you back from having clearly defined appropriate boundaries in exchange for the money that you receive, what you provide to others. Now, remember I said that there's two parts to any money coaching or money relationship. Firstly, if you're looking at your money boundaries, you need to look at the practical side. That's things like what's being documented in your proposals, your contracts, or your uh, packages, your summary of your offering. Uh, Another great example was a conversation that I had with a client in my group coaching program where she was working on a project and she was feeling really nervous about how she was going to price something in a proposal when she didn't really know everything that might happen as the project unfolded. And that's really common, especially in a, a service-based business that, you know, you can anticipate certain things, but there's always, you know, what they call the risk of scope creep, where things just keep expanding out and expanding out. And then all of a sudden you're doing all this extra work that you didn't cost in. And so people can get very nervous or consultants can get very nervous about, you know, doing proposals and what they include. So what we talked about was about her creating a really clear outline of her offerings and her the options of the offerings that she was providing and to include a section around inclusions and exclusions so that in the proposal she although she didn't know everything that potentially was going to happen or how complex it might be or how much time it might actually take her to do by including that really clear section of inclusions and exclusions she had some wriggle room for some of those unanticipated tasks or things that got more complicated along the way so that she would be able to more effectively manage the scope creep and it wouldn't be a surprise for the client. So one of the practical sides of your money boundaries is documentation and communication along the way, particularly for a service. Another example is that I use a service provider and that involves me booking blocks of time And what I've noticed in their process is that when I'm approaching sort of the end of an allocated block of time, maybe I've got an hour or two hours left to go uh, that hasn't been used yet, they uh, email me to let me know, hey, Chandra, you know, you've got two hours left of your current uh, block of time. Uh, In order for us to have uh, continue your service, please click this link to book your next block of time. Now, as a client, when I get that, I don't always necessarily really want to just have to pay again, but what I have noticed is that I am very clear on where I stand and that if I want to continue the service, then I have to pay. And so I think that's a really great example of a system that makes that very clear. As a client, I can choose at any time to go, no, I'm just going to use up the time that I've got and either take a break or end the service or whatever it might be, but they make it very easy for me to make that decision. And that tells me that they're very clear about their boundaries and how they communicate those to their clients. 
is also not just communication of and documentation. It's also things like access to you. The money zone of boundaries requires you to also be really clear for yourself and for your clients about when you are available and when you're not. I have had in my years of working with coaching clients, I've had some clients who were would call or text me late at night or on weekends or really early in the morning. And so it's really up to me to decide how I respond to that and what that communicates to that client about what's okay, what's not okay, when I respond, when I don't. Because it's not their fault that they are doing that. That just might be their working rhythm of they've had an idea or a thought or a question and so they're sending it through straight away. But often people don't necessarily expect you to be available at all hours. They're just sort of getting it out of their head or out of off their list. But if you instantly respond every time they email you outside of your normal working or contact hours, what you're kind of doing is letting them know that that's okay and that you are available at that time. So they are likely to keep doing it. So I really want you to watch out for that trap of being seen as, you know, being on other people's beck and call list. And for some of your clients, that might be exactly what you want to do. And certainly for me, with some of my private coaching clients, I want to be available for them when they need me, but we have you know, a clear understanding of how that works. So there are a couple of practical things around the money zone of boundaries, but you also need to consider and look at the emotional side. And this side, I think, is even more of a hard-hitting side than the practical side. The practical side tends to be, I reckon, the surface stuff. The emotional side is everything underneath that influences the surface stuff. So one of the things to explore here is that if you are honest with yourself and you regularly let your boundaries slip, and this could apply even if you haven't started your business yet or it's a, it's a side gig at the moment, if your, your boundaries are not clear with your current employer or other people in your life, whether it's family or partner, friends, the thing for you to explore is what's the underlying reason for that? What's the potential money story or money belief that's making you feel like you have to do that? And I really want to let that question sit with you for a bit. What's making you feel like you have to be always available or you have to be delivering more and more? Really, like what would you have to be telling yourself that would lead you to always over-deliver or to not charge a fair amount for what you're providing. And this one, maybe part of the reason why I'm so passionate about it is I know this is one that I have struggled with in the past and sometimes I notice it come up even now. So it is a really important question to reflect on. But some of the common ones around what would be you know, the underlying reason that you're over-delivering and not honouring your boundaries. Some of the common ones that I hear is a lack of self-belief. You know, that's a big one, that what you're doing is somehow not quite good enough and so you think if you deliver more, then it will be worth what they're paying. Uh, that, you know, you just have to deliver more to justify the amount of, of money that you're charging. 
I often hear from clients saying, oh, I can't believe that someone would pay that amount of money just to get, you know, my support or my input or my uh, advice. Another common one is that you want to be liked and you feel like this is the way for you to get that is that if you are on the constant beck and call list or you're always available, that somehow that's going to make people like you more. And I don't know, maybe for some people that will, but is that really the kind of relationship and connection that you want to have is that if you're not as available that you're somehow not as valuable? Because in actual fact, it tends to work the other way around. If you think about any specialist that you have ever worked with or gone to, specialists are harder to get into and they charge more money. So, you know, you just want to explore some of these stories maybe that are underlying your boundaries being a bit loosey-goosey. Another common one that underlies why people and particularly women um, might have not so strong boundaries is a, a bit of a martyr syndrome where you know, the sacrifice that you're making is your time and your well-being and that there's some kind of um, commitment to that that feels important to you. But really, that's not serving you or others in the long term. And another common one is about busyness, that we can wear our busyness as a bit of a badge of honour. And that's one that I know that I have and I still sometimes fall into and I have to try and catch myself doing that but so there are a couple of common ones and you might have something else come up but if boundaries is a money zone that you think is potentially impacting how much money you earn in exchange for what you're um, providing then I really think it's one that's worth you having a closer look at as I mentioned there are five money zones that we all have that impact how much money you earn and keep and boundaries is one of them. But for you to find out about the other four and most importantly to find out which one of the money zones is having the biggest negative effect on your results with money, I want to invite you to do a quick five-minute money breakthrough quiz. You can find it at thetransitlounge.com forward slash money quiz and I'll put the link in the show notes for you. You just go there, find out more about the other uh, money zones and get the link to the quiz. So if you want to start to explore and bust through some potential money limitations, then go there to that link, do the quiz and start to learn more about the five money zones and start to put a few new actions in place that will help you get going to start and grow your business sooner with even more money confidence. So as a bit of a quick recap for you, what we covered. One, you have a relationship with money, just like you have a relationship with any other person. Two, there is an emotional side and a practical side of how you do money. Three, there are five money zones that we all have that influence how much money you earn and keep. Number four, one of those money zones is your boundaries. How far you go with putting the needs of other people ahead of yourself in exchange for what you're being remunerated for. And then I gave you the invitation for you to go and get that money quiz so that you can find out about the five money zones, how they're impacting you. Importantly, you can find out which one is impacting you the most so you can start there and you can start to improve and upgrade 
your relationship and your results with money. So that's it for this episode. I hope you go and check out the quiz and start to explore money boundaries and some of the other money zones as well. Explore what's going on for you in those money zones. And I hope that you have a great week keeping your eye out for your money boundaries at play. Just keep a curious eye out to see what's going on there with your boundaries so that you can start to get a bit more informed and a bit more empowered with your money so you can start and grow your business sooner. Go get the quiz. Have a great week.